one. Like many of you, we battled depression during life's ups and downs. Music has always been the one thing that we could rely on to get us through the tough times that we all face. Follow us on our journey as we discuss the healing power of music, interview bands, break down genres, review band biographies, and more. This is the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast with Blake Mosley and James Cox. Hey everybody, welcome to the When Words Fail Music Speaks Podcast. Happy hour, I guess. Happy, I'm glad you're all work, right? Or, or if you go to work, hour, it's okay. It's happy hour, right? Well, if you have the right mindset. That's right, yeah. So, I am your professional handicap host, James Cox. And no, I'm still not the voice of Scooter from the Muppets. So, there you Boo. have it. There you have it, yeah. But who am I talking to well, here? You are talking to who is commonly referred to as the loudest guy in the room, but only when I'm playing the drums. I am your endless source of useless music knowledge. My name is Blake Mosley, but you can call me Rosley. So what's up, my man? I have to talk to you in what two days. <laughs> yeah. You want to? Do you want to update on my toe? Yeah. Yes. Please do. All right. Please give I us don't one. Think it's broken. Oh, I don't good. think it's broken. The I don't swelling think so either. Yeah, I don't think it's broken. The swelling has gone down tremendously, and all it, like it's still very blue, um, but I don't think it's broken. I think I just jammed the living crap out of it. Yeah, and uh, I think now, I think it'll be okay. Now, can you move it just a little bit more than you could, like yes. the air? So okay, right. yeah, yeah, I can move it a little bit better. It still hurts like the Dickens. Yeah, but I don't think it's broken, so that's good. Happy hour. So, so, so let me ask you this: Are you able to to put on your socks without screaming in pain? Yes. Barely. Barely. Okay, so you still do scream. Just a little bit. Thankfully, Allie's not here to for her to hear me scream. Yeah. Now, do you scream like Howard Jones to scream, or do you scream like yeah! like Tom from Slayer? Slayer. Slayer. How? How um, how well is the scream? I mean, is like top notch or like mine is more equivalent to uh, who who would I compare my screaming to? Mm. I would I'd compare my screaming to like maybe an early two thousands screamo band that was not very successful. <laughs> um, okay, hold on, I take that back. I take that back. I take it back. Because this band was very successful. I would compare my screaming to the uh, front man of the band, Alisena. Um, so, James, I don't know if you're familiar with that band. I am but not. The, I'm not. Um, it's a very, very high-pitched, and I was not a fan of it to begin with, but I just learned to – or I, I just – I started to appreciate their music a whole lot more. Um, and it's, it's now one of my favorite bands to come out of that era. So I would say, as I'm applying my socks to that uh, to that foot in particular, the noise that exudes from my my body and my vocal cords is that of the front man from Alisana. So I gotta look him up. You got me interested in that. Right now. Is it like a higher higher pitch squeal or is it like pitch. a? Okay, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Okay. Not necessarily a pig squeal, um, but it's of the higher register. I can pig squeal. Well, that's it. You want me to do it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I learned how to do that a long time ago, and I thought it was the coolest thing. Right, yeah. But 
I've always yeah, wanted okay. to. I've always wanted to scream, sing, and like I don't want to do the pixel because I think that's more been out of my reach, you know. But very, uh, but, very deathcore along those lines. But. I might have to get some uh, singing lessons online because I really wanted to sing. I don't know. So I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, I think there's there's this guy on uh, on YouTube called his name is Ken Templin. I'm not sure if you probably heard him once or twice in your life. Heard that name, but okay. uh, but I looked at his prices and he's boom, you know, astronomical. You got, yeah, you gotta be like a like a multi-millionaire. So, hey, Dad, can yeah. I have some money? Yeah. You know, kind of, kind of like you know, kind of like uh, GoFundMe. You know, I'm just like, <laughs> if we start making bank with this podcast, you yeah. take all of that and you go get your vocal lessons that you've always wanted. Nice, nice. Well, thank you, man. Okay. Yeah, well, dude. oh. Well, first of all, we gotta get your better microphone. I mean, it's not top notch right now, but but that sure microphone. I agree. Sure gets the job done. I agree. I need a better microphone. Yeah. Actually, you could go next door and and, and uh, borrow one of Travis's microphones and live next door, though, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do that. Yeah. I don't live currently next door to Travis, but my oh. mom still does. So oh. next time I'm out, I'll just go next door and be like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna <laughs> go in and just check on your house while you guys aren't there." And uh, don't count your I'll microphones. Just, uh, yeah. You know, yeah, he's probably got so many of them that he, he doesn't even... He doesn't like, even he, care about... I'm sure he doesn't keep, like, inventory, right? Yeah. Of the microphones that he's collected if, over the years, so... If one What's goes... Hurt? If one goes missing, who cares, right? Who cares? That's, yeah, that, 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 that's a write-off for him. Yeah. Exactly. See, <laughs> <The point laughs> of looking at things. <laughs> it's a happy hour. Every hour is happy hour, depending on your mindset. <laughs> Put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> yes, right. And then give me the money because yes. it's my idea. Yes. So, okay, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for um, listening into that banter we just did. Um, we got to do that yes. every, every show, you know, just check up on, on each other. Uh, but today is a Halloween leftover, I do believe, because we are in uh, November and November's eating month. Yeah. Um, so I don't not, know when this episode's it, coming out, but if it's if it's pre-Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving to you and Yorn, and I hope that you guys have a safe uh, Thanksgiving. If it's post-Thanksgiving, I hope it was good, and I hope you ate uh, very well, and I hope that that you that the I can't say that no family function will have some type of drama, but I hope it was minimal. Yeah, as long as you guys don't talk about politics or vaccines <laughs> i think that'll be the hot topic of, yeah. of many a fight this year for thanksgiving i guarantee you if they do a poll by the time it's all said and done of what what the top the argument topic. was at the yeah. thanksgiving dinner table Boom. probably something about vaccines so yes just keep that in mind <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know nothing about politics so i play stupid as hell when i talk about I them here and I really don't care I about just, it. I just learned. I, I'll tell you this, dude. We don't talk about politics on this show at all. But no, if you no. if you know me, you know I'm very like apolitical. I just don't care. Although about either side, what well, it's not. I don't give a shit. I don't care. I, I don't care either. But although right. I have a feeling that that Ted Nugent's gonna. If we do, I'm not saying we do. We have him. But if we ever get Ted Nugent on, I feel like that would have a. You know, political view before we talk about music oh, yeah, or after, because yeah. he is big into politics, dude, and I, and, and I love him. Very. 
Um, I like yeah. I like his music. I like his guitar playing. I like the way right. he 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 views um gun laws. You know. So anyway, yeah, because he hunts. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, he's a big hunter. So he yeah, he's really into hunting and and all I, that. And, I wonder uh, if he he's a big. Uh, gun guy. I wonder if he ever hunted a bear with a bow and arrow. Now, that's real hunting. Yeah, that's something my father-in-law wants to do. If you want to go I, real I hunting. If he ever actually does it, yeah. yeah, like, I'll be very, very impressed. Yes, me too, because he got practices it. with a bow and a blow dart. He, oh, they got him a, <clears throat> um, we got him a blow dart last year, uh, the the kids, and uh, he's been using that like yeah. crazy. Right, yeah, um, so. But, uh, oh, what, oh, yeah, so what, <laughs> I'm so out of like politics and I just don't keep up with politics. And people are like, well, if you don't, then you have no right to complain. You're right. That's why I don't complain. About right, it. Right. Um, I feel like I'm happier because of that, because I do stay out of all that. Yeah. It's just, it's like, I, it's the last thing I want to worry about right now. Um, I have no say in any of that anyway. Uh, but anyway, the, uh, I just learned what let's go Brandon meant. Yes. I had no yeah. idea. I yeah. saw like I saw them T-shirts, and I knew it was like an anti-Biden thing, but I had no idea what it meant. Yeah. And someone at work was talking about that the other day, and I was like, "What does that even mean?" I I, I don't I hadn't invested enough time. I've not cared enough to look into that. And uh, they finally told me, and I watched the the clip of where that um, where that started. And it was funny. And yeah. I was like, that is pretty hilarious. That, is, yeah. that, that reporter was like, oh, listen, they, they said, they're saying, let's go, Brandon. That's great. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, but it's not, let's go, Brandon. <laughs> it's something else. Definitely not one. No. But I mean, how we, long ago was that? Like a month, at least a month ago at this no, point. No, and like, I just, okay. I've heard people talk about that. And I was just like, I think it's, I think, it's, I think that's been going on too much now, right? Because that's been for, it seems like, like forever. Yeah, dude. I and remember it, seeing T-shirts at Disney World. People were wearing not Brandon. Disney wasn't selling them, but people right, yeah. were wearing shirts that said "Let's Go Brandon," and I was like, "I, I bet don't it, know what that means." I bet it had the the NASCAR strip right here, right? Um, like you know, I mean, it's like the NASCAR strip. "Let's Go Brandon," I guess. It just said, "It just said, Let's Go Brandon," and then there was a guy that was in that dude's party that was walking around that was wearing a, um. FJB, yeah, sure. The yeah. the you know, it, it, it just said FJB on, and I was like, I know what that means, but yeah. I don't know what "Let's Go Brandon" means. Well, now I know. So. That's that's the uh, that's the nicer way to say anyway. FUJB. So anyway, uh, like I said before, this is the right, right. this is how right. Justin Bieber, right? Bieber yeah. people out there. Fun you, Justin Bieber, right? No, no, it's not. Okay. <laughs> Y'all leave him alone. Yeah, there we go. Um, but <laughs> but like I said before, um, this is a post. Yes, post uh, Halloween episode, maybe. Anyway, uh, post Halloween. The heebie-jeebies. Yeah. We learned of that word of that quote uh, with our Woo! our our Chris Jericho um, scary story episode, right? Because he had heebie-jeebies right. being in right. the house, right? Yeah. And this is a uh, and this. Is, Right. Yeah, yeah. And this is um this is definitely a this is a, a James episode for sure. He's the one that suggested this one. Um so kudos to you James um for sending me the notes and the um the uh or sending me the article and everything for this one. Um and uh looking forward to, to diving into this, but 
let's admit it, right? So we're we're all guilty of just spending our time jamming out to our favorite songs, and we're just but we really don't take the time to look into the lyrics and dive into what the song even means. So um, you may come to find that after this episode is over, you might just be sitting there and thinking, good Lord, some of my favorite songs were actually deeply, deeply disturbing. Uh, so this is your final warning. Uh, if you hear us talk about a song before we get into it and you'd rather us not ruin it for you, skip ahead a, a little bit just keep it in you know 15 seconds ahead and kind of see where we land until we get to the next one so exactly. final warning final warning dun, dun, dun. you want uh do you want to start us out here yes uh okay so first of all the Beatles is like you know favorite one of my favorite bands of all time and then just got a notification but that's okay um so yeah so let's talk about running for your life another well that's that's kind of a, like a spooky title, isn't it? Run for your life, you know. So, in Very. the in the beginning, uh, the Beatles set uh set wrote the book on guitar based pop rock for half a century. Uh, but not everything was unicorns and rainbows like "I Want to Hold Your Hand" or "Love Me Do." Um, so by the 1965's Rubber Soul. Uh, the Fab Four were incorporating different styles in their songwriting. The story of the story in Run Free Life is about a man who, who kills his significant other. Uh oh. <laughs> if he finds she's been with someone else. Oops. Uh, yeah. There's an unforgettable line saying, "I rather see you, I rather see you dead, little girl, than." To be with another man. I never knew that. I never knew that. Yeah. that those, those little lyrics. Creepy. Um, so it was lifted uh, from Elvis Presley's Baby Let's Play House. But John, mm. yeah, but John Lennon took, and, took it and ran with it, adding, add, adding to, on top of the Beatles, gleaming guitar, jungle, be, jungle, uh, jangle, jungle, wow. Can't talk today. Uh, uh, Jangle that he meant er everything he says. Baby, I'm determined, and I'd rather see you dead. Yeah, so that's, that's very uh, stalkerish yeah. and um, unsettling, to say the least. Especially from from the coming from the Beatles. Right. Uh, I don't know if Allie's aware of that song. I'm sure she were, she's aware of the song. I'm not sure if she's paid attention to those lines before, I, but... I haven't ever paid attention to those so I guess it just slips by, you know, he kind of yeah. moving and jiving, and oop, there's there's the, uh, you know, there's the significant line that says, I'd rather right. see you dead than with another man. And, and that's, I mean, I, mean I, I guess everybody can relate, relate to that, you know, kind of, sort of, in a, in a disturbing right. way. But, uh, yeah, man, I never knew that. Yeah. Well, let's move on to another, um, well, I shouldn't say this band is upbeat because they're definitely, definitely lumped into the, uh, emo category for sure. Um, but death cab for cuties, I will possess your heart. Uh, so the lyrics, you reject my advances and desperate pleas are what Ben Gibbard sings in death cab for cuties, emo classic. I will possess your heart. Um, it also says, won't you let me, uh, 
won't you let me down so easily? That language may seem more transparent now, but when the song first emerged as the lead single from the 2008 album Narrow Stairs, plenty of listeners thought it was just a progressive-sounding indie rock tune with intense lyrics about romantic love. The song is basically about a stalker. (laughs) Gibbard later clarified, it's about this nice guy who wants this girl he can't have, and he believes that they'll be together once she realizes how great he is. He just has to wait it out. That's the part that makes the song really creepy. Yeah. Another classic tale of, uh, it's another, like uh, I love her. And one day I'm going to, I'm going to make her realize that she loves me too. And that's kind of troubling. Yeah. But that actually, okay. So, okay. So I have this friend who, who liked a girl, right? And she didn't notice them for years and years and years. Now mm-hmm. they married each other. She finally, oh, okay. She finally can realize that hey, you're the one. And yeah. She she went through all these guys, and I guess she, he was there all along. What a happy tale! All right. And sometimes it works out that way. Sometimes you just have to be persistent. There's a fine line between being persistent and being a stalker. Yes. So, yes. so. be careful, guys and gals. Be careful out there. Right. If you notice anything like that, please tell somebody. Tell tell your brother, tell your dad, tell your whoever, any type of person that can interfere if they need to. Um, or, and, uh, I mean, if you like being being stalked, I mean, you know. Yeah, if you're into that thing, like, I mean, to, to each his own. Thank yeah. you for that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> to each his own, right? To each his own. So. How much do you like Filter? I love Filter. Band. I can only tell you that this is the only filter song that I'm aware of. I can't name you any other filter. I just, I never, not saying I never got into them. I just never gave them any more of a chance than hearing this. And I forgot what movie it was. I think it was a Jim Carrey movie. I think so. Where he's maybe you, um, Table Guy, where he's playing basketball. And uh, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure you've heard of the song Pitcher. Do you want to take my picture? Because I won't remember. I can't. I don't think I know that one. See? Oh, holy crap. Hey, man, my shot's the only hey, one I got. My, man, you need to listen to more Filter. That singer, take two songs and call me in the morning. Doctor prescribed, right? I like that. You, oh. you put that on a shirt. Yes. <laughs> take take two, two songs. Two songs <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a multi-million dollar um, shirt, right? Oh, Put and that it, on our shirt. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So, yes. When words fail, excuse me, when words fail, merch plug, um, we're going to get some t-shirts. W- one is going to say, um, every hour is happy hour. If you have the right mindset. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, exactly. And, and yours is going to be, uh, take two songs and call me in the morning. Yes. I like that. Some billion dollar idea, right? So, oh, Ooh, side note. Those songs. Side note, so Filter, did you know that Filter was the backup band for Nine Inch for Trick Wrestling's Nine Inch Nails? No, I didn't know that. Yep. Wow. Yep. And they did. And they say I'm the one with the useless music knowledge. Not that that's useless, but there you go. Kinda, you hit me with some knowledge, dude. I had no idea. There you go. Okay, there you go. It kind of like had Planet Earth. You didn't know that PE means Planet Earth. It does now, right? So, yeah, so, okay. Uh, so, Filter's, hey man, nice shot. Filter's breakout hit, Hey Man, Nice Shot, has been ex- has been seemingly uplifting title that, uh, that an entirely unaware listener might 
think it is a compliment about basketball. Hey, like you said, basketball. Like I said, it was in yeah. a movie. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. And to add to that, the song itself is a crunchy in- industrial rock jam. Uh, but it takes its inspiration from Pennsylvania State Treasurer R. Bundy Dwyer's. Mm. Um, yeah. So in 1987, oh, Buddy R. Buddy R. R. Buddy Dwyer's death in 1987, death by suicide in front of reporters during the live press conference. Uh, the lyrics and the lyrics on their own uh, gave sparse indication of this. Right, because no one knew what it was about, you know. However, the timing of the song's release in 95 made many think it was about Kurt Cobain's death. Yeah, bad timing. Right. Yeah. Yet, the truth was even creepier. Uh, The the Nirvana icon didn't die in front of bystanders. Yeah, yeah. so I don't don't know if you're familiar (laughs) with the Arba Dwyer thing, but uh, there was a... A scandal um, involving this this guy in 1987, like you said, um, and I forgot exactly what the scandal was. It was, I think, it had something to do with money. Um, I'm sure it was something. He was a treasurer, so I think it had to do something with money. But um, anyway, he got found out, and he was about to do some serious jail time. And right. he goes in, you know, front of a bunch of reporters to do this press conference regarding the matter. And uh, he's talking, and dude just pulls out a gun and just kills himself in front of a live broadcasting of this press conference right there. And uh, it, obviously, they don't show the the death on uh, YouTube, but I have seen the, uh, you know, it's like those YouTube videos where it's like 10 unbelievable things yeah. captured on live tv well that was one yeah. of the things on there so that okay. was the first time i had heard about that yeah um and uh it, it is very eerie to watch yeah but uh yeah i had no idea that that was the inspiration for hey man nice shot and now that i know that yeah that's even, i'll never yeah. listen to that song the same way and it and it was terrible timing because kurt cobain's death and everything but yeah uh kurt cobain did not kill himself first off i don't think he killed himself at all Gourney. But if you want to call it suicide, if we're going with that story, yeah. um, he was alone. So, yeah. wasn't in front of anybody. Courtney loves to blame. She, oh, hired, she hired people. Yeah, it's yep. true. Yeah, so. yep. Okay. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, oh, so, yeah. yeah so. We can do a whole episode of that, I promise you. Okay, <laughs> right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, this next song, this next song is very, very eerie listening to it now i heard about this forever ago and now that i know i'm sure you heard about this one too yeah right Uh, but uh foster the people pumped up kicks um that opening bass line is just very happy boom better run better run run. faster than my bullet okay so my gun so before you give you know a lead way to this I sure. really, really like that song, but I have a feeling you won't, you, I, I won't like it after what you are telling us. You know, well, probably here's the Cause thing, because to me it's like it's like a fun filled song, and that don't knowing this now, it's um, it, yeah, <laughs> that's all I yeah, can say. Well, yeah. Here's the thing: so that song came out eleven years ago at this point now, which is crazy to me. Yeah, but you know, it yeah, when it came out, I remember 
because it's right there in the chorus. It yeah. is right there in the chorus. All the, what is it? The young kids with the pumped up kicks, better run, better run, outrun my gun. Yeah. And we were just sitting there singing it and it was on the radio. And I feel like if this song, that song probably came out in a time where it wouldn't have been censored, but I don't feel like that song would have, if that song would have come out last week, I don't think it would have been on the radio. Right. Yeah. Um, no, no. I, I don't think it would have ever made it past that. And if it did, it would have definitely been um, censored for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. And I never heard it edited. I heard it on the radio like that. And I was like, good Lord, have y'all ever paid attention to this? Anyway, let's get into it. <laughs> okay. So uh, if there's an indie pop song that's, uh, that sound is, uh, is the 180 degree opposite of its lyrics, it's got to be Foster to People's 2010 sleeper hit, Pumped Up Kicks. The track is an absolute banger, but discerning listeners who tune into the catch, it, you didn't even have to be discerning about it. it I see what you there. did there. Sang it. I see what you did there. Absolute banger. Bang. Oh, I didn't even mean to do that. I'm sorry. That was not intentional. That was in poor taste on my part. Sorry, everybody. But we do um, see what you did there. So, I mean, you know, I mean, just pointing it out. We look, did, yeah. Oops. But uh, yeah, so discerning listeners who turned into the catchy refrain found out that it's uh, portraying a disturbed individual willing to shoot others for their shoes. Foster the People's Mark Foster once explained, I wrote Pumped Up Kicks when I began to read about the growing trend in teenage mental illness. I wanted to understand the psychology behind it because it was foreign to me. It was terrifying how mental illness among youth had skyrocketed. Yeah, and he's right. This was this is around the time I believe that it was starting to become more evident that kids go through some stuff, man. Teenagers yeah. go that is a hard time to yeah. to be alive. Uh I think everybody who has ever that can recall their teenage years will probably tell you that was some of the hardest times in their life. It's a it's a weird transition between being a kid and being an adult. Yeah and there's a lot of unknowns and you have a lot of things going on with your you name it i mean your body your your finances because you're trying to like get a job yeah, yeah um yeah. Uh, you know and just it's just, it's weird man so it's, it's a horrible time and um <clears throat> mental illness you know if it if it was already stemming from something else a lot of times it like boils over in your teenage years so um your brain hasn't fully developed yet. So you make very irrational decisions about things and it could lead to really terrible things if not treated properly. So, you know, kudos to him for wanting to explore that, but you almost have to dig into it further for, and hear his explanation about that because otherwise you're just singing songs about shooting people. Yeah. Over shoes. Not even the one. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on that note, um, okay, so, Ooh. okay, so, uh, <laughs> uh, all right, I, all right, listen, before we get into this next one, I'm just going to say, I never cared for this song to begin with, never was crazy about it, um, but even more so now, I'm just, ugh, done with it, heebie-jeebies, heebie-jeebies, that's the, that's the word of the day, y'all, heebie-jeebies. Uh, so I think this song, correct me if I'm wrong, Rosalie, but this song came out in the 80s, right? It did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Big 80s pop. So everybody knows the song. It's my, 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 
boom, 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 you know. Everybody knows that song now, right? So it's a, right. It's a, uh, I guess it's a classic song now. I mean, because many sure. people know that off, offhand, the, the first beat of it, everybody goes, oh, yeah, that's, that's the neck, you know, so. Yep. So this is probably one of the most well-known examples among rock fans of seemingly happy love songs that just actually are just plain old creepy, dude. And that may be kind of hard to believe with the guitar, with the guitars catchy, right? Back and forth octave riffs that drives the next my Sharona, right? So the band's lead singer. Uh, Doug, I'm just gonna say Doug because that's a figure, Figer, F I E G E R. Yeah, sure. okay. Um, wrote Fier. the song, wrote the song's lustful lyrics about the infamous Shrona when he was 17 and he was 20, she was 17 and he was 26, according to the Wall Street Journal. Never gonna stop, give it up, such a dirty mind, he sings. Always get it up to get always get it up for the touch of the younger kind. This uh, is a kind. There is. This That's is the one. this is a kind that will get you canceled today. Yeah. Oh yeah. Again, if this was to come <clears throat> out recently, it would be canceled in a heartbeat, man. You know um, what? I never, I, I never really 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 paid um, I paid much much time about the lyrics. I just hummed the guitars and it's like my 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 Sharona. I didn't really care so about what the song the was about, you know. I mean, the song so, is so catchy. You're like, yeah. Never mind, the, you know what he's saying. I want to go with the guitars and the uh, and the, 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 my 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 Sharona, you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. Well, so think about it like this too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Think of the time frame when this came out. Um, so we didn't, we didn't have, we, I'm talking about like, I was there, I was not there. Um, but the music was not as easily accessible then. Right. So if, unless you had it, if you bought the record, um, or whatever, then you didn't, you couldn't just listen to it whenever you wanted to You'd have to hear it on the radio. Right. And you may only catch portion. Hey kids on the radio, you can't start the song over or skip past it. It's just whatever's there is there. So like you might catch like a part of the song, right? And maybe you didn't pay attention, but you're like, oh yeah, bump, 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 and you know, it's your it's your favorite summer jam. Um, but now with these songs where you can dissect them and we can be listening to it right now, and I can, you know, hear him say, always get it up for the touch of the younger kind, I can say, wait a second, sir. And you pause it and you go back and you listen to it and you're like, yep, he's talking about being in love with younger people. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's a little, it's a little, it's different now. It's different now. So, and that's another example of, so that is not in the chorus. I don't believe, I think that's just part of the verse, but with foster, the people's pumped up kicks, we're singing the chorus like right there and that's that's the part that gets repeated over and over again that's right. the catchy part of the song yeah and we all just sang it and was like Mm-mm. y'all aren't gonna dive into that a little bit more but yeah, yeah my sharona definitely slipped through the cracks of that one uh because i had never paid attention to it until we started doing notes for this and was like oh gosh right and i see what you did there because the next song intertwines with the <laughs> with the with the um with the with our banter 
Right. And with right. this. And with the and, 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 and with the Maestro. And so why don't you talk about Mr. We talked about him earlier yeah. in the show. Ted Nugent. Ted Nugent. Mr. Nugent. Yep. Uh, jailbait. So much like my Sharona, Ted Nugent's Jailbait is a song that, sa- that just sounds like some good old-fashioned rock and roll on the first listen. But as indicated in its title and made further explicit in, ex- in the lyrics, it's about pursuing underage women. Uh, Mr. Nugent has a storied history of that, hot, of that pursuit, uh, depending on what narrative you believe. When the singer and guitarist was around 30, uh, 30 years old in 1978, he began a relationship with a 17-year-old girl. So even older than the My Sharona guy. Um, but her name was Pele Mas, uh, Massa. And rumors persist that he became her legal guardian to continue their relationship. That's weird. Parts of the story are unproven, but, excuse me, the musician himself said in a Behind the Music episode that he always, quote, got the stamp of approval of the parents, gross, of the young girls that he wooed. And by the way, Nugent has denied adopting Pele so um believe what you will I guess we'll never truly know but uh yeah that's ugh, that's a little weird man what okay so I'm gonna I, I, so this might be the, the, the gun smoke that gets them um, in the agenda okay so Ted Nugent dated a, a, a female 17 and he was 30 correct yes did, okay so yeah I'm led to believe that the only one one reason Okay, so I got this in the mail today. Guess oh, what this title is called? Penetration? Is that what it says? Penetrator. Penetrator. And oh. it, the Ted, Ted, you see this? Ted Nugent, did, you know, but but I got the I, I got the um the uh, promo um yeah yeah the promo one so so I just yeah. picked it. So it's six bucks so why not right. Oh, yeah, sure. Why? I like 10 Nugent's music, so, you know, if anybody who does like 10 Nugent, eh, you know, everyone. I mean, yeah, you know, he's, got, um, he's, he's got good songs, man. He's a very good artist, but some of his um, uh, uh, lifestyle is not too much of a big fan of mine, you know. Yeah, yeah he hunts, I get that. He hunts well. I mean, he's got he's got a book that says, um, like, uh, like, Cook them before you. I I don't know. It's like it's it's a smart 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 book, book title, but uh, yeah. But right. um, as far as his his views, sometimes it's not very much um on the sure. up uh, on the up and up. So yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah. So the next um, have you seen The Office? The uh, the TV show. Of course. Okay. Yes. So I I, I remember. Um, Kevin being in the police cover band. Yeah. Like, it's called the Synchronicity 2. He's like, yeah. don't y'all go for Synchronicity 1, they suck. You know, because that was his old man, you know. That's the greatest thing yeah. ever made, so I love the office. <laughs> but uh, le- leading, into the, leading into this uh, song, it's called, it's the police's Every Breath You Take. Okay. Right. So I know this song as a, as a as a fun Karen song, but since this, I mean, yeah, this is a, a problem it's a little here, more. right? Sure. Um, here is one that practically practically became a legend for a catchy rock, rock song with lyrics so dark that the listener mm. often looks right past them, which we do. 
you never knew. You know, I I never knew this. So, uh, released uh, as a lead single from the Places Synchronicity album. Two. No, I'm just playing that one. Kevin, um, and spring of 83, (laughs) Every Breath You Take became a massive international hit. One that everyone assumes was a feel-good song about being deeply in love, which I thought it was. And I know you did too. We all did. Did. We all did. Yep, absolutely. Because I think the video was, was 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 a... like a girl running at a beach, and oh, you know, it's like, like all like lovey dovey kind of thing, you know. But sure. um, uh, but that's not the issue here. The issue was uh, new slash. It's about an obsessive stalker. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> uh, more or less. Uh, I think it's a nasty little song, really rather evil. Uh, Sting reportedly told an audience. The year it came out. Well, if you okay, I don't know why he wrote it. Yeah, he went. He went yeah, with it, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's about jealousy and sur- and surveillance and ownership. Wow, ownership. That's not a good word here. Uh, so right, regardless, right. it's now undeniably his signature song and his biggest money maker when it comes to publishing profit. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I mean. Yeah. Okay, so now, okay. if that, you know, if if that triggers you somehow and you are saying to yourself, <laughs> oh, I can never listen to every breath you take ever again. Um, just listen to the uh, Puff Daddy um, remake of that song. Yes. Sampling used for it, um, because that song is about the life and legacy of the notorious B.I.G. It is not about stalking uh, people. Um, it just, uh, they even rewrote the lyrics yeah. for that, uh, that Puff Daddy version. So do you remember, this is not, it's not funny, but do you remember the YouTube, uh, guy from like over 10 years ago, Tourette's guy? Do you remember him? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So there was the, the one that said Bob second and said, oh, damn it. Bob Bob yeah. 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 So one of the videos that I remember of him, um, uh, of his, was he sitting there on the. <laughs> he calls. He calls. Uh, Colgate. He calls the like helpline on the back of a Colgate uh, tube. Yeah. Uh, to complain because their toothpaste tastes terrible is what he said. <laughs> he didn't say it quite. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Guy. But he calls it in and they put him on hold. He's like. Yes, I'll hold. And they they put him on hold, and they had this hold music playing, and it's you know every breath you take, but you don't know if it's the police version or if it's going to be the Puff Daddy version. Right, so right. The song's just playing, and he's like, "This better be the Puff Daddy version of the song," <laughs> and it's not. <laughs> and and Sting starts and singing, he, and he's like, ah! and he starts freaking and, out. And, and it's it so up. funny. I don't. Know, I just thought memory unlocked whenever we started talking about that. But. Man, man, I used to watch them all the time, dude. All the time. YouTube gold. Yeah, you, yep. YouTube gold. And I think he, he um, and I think he freaks out one time because um, um, the, the theme song of Night Rider come on and his son yeah. was doing laundry and bringing, bringing, you know, bringing the laundry in and he knocked over his son with the, uh, yeah. and Night Rider did it for him. I'm, I'm not sure why, you know. Got yeah. mad listening to a, like a like a Night Raider theme. So. Right. Yep. Yeah, but uh, 
Every branch you take is a is a is a well known song from Sting's repertoire. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but it's I don't understand why people have to write so much stalker music now. Or I mean, well, yeah, then because that was written in the eighties. So, I mean, theme. it is a common theme with a lot of these things. It's it's a stalker of yeah, some kind. Yeah, right. Yeah. So. Um. All right. Well, let's move on to one of your favorite bands. Yes. Um, Stone Temple Pilots, sex type thing. Mm. Um, so sex type thing is a grunge barn burner uh, that could get any rock listener bumping their head to the beat. And it, is, it absolutely is. Yeah. Uh, and based on the title, tune, and even the bulk of the lyrics, a new fan might think it's a song about consensual sex. Well, <clears throat> you're wrong. Um, Scott Weiland said about it, I don't, uh, or excuse me, he said, I know you, you want what's on my mind, mm. vocalist Scott Weiland sings. I know you like what's on my mind. Uh, but he explained that the song is about rape. Mm. Uh, and it reportedly was written after a woman he was dating was raped by three men. That's very sad. Uh-huh. In the lyrics, it also sounded like the antagonist is victim blaming, saying, I said you shouldn't have worn that dress. Ugh. Mm. So, but it, you know, at least, um, at least Scott Weiland is writing it up in response to him knowing someone that right. has gone through something so awful. Like he didn't that, do so. it. Someone else did. So, yeah. Right, right, right. But, but see, that's uh-huh. not my favorite song from Core because this was off their first album, Core. And plus, yeah. plus is my all-time favorite. Plus, um, yes, sir. Something song ever, ever yeah, made. Yeah, so. Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, I, I, I didn't really like that song. It, it, it just didn't grab me, you know. You know, like like yeah. many of their other songs would would do after sure. that. You know, because the because um, album because the purple album was like like their best album ever. I think it's the second album. So I mean, sure. you can't beat it. So, uh, Sublime. Ooh, yeah, this is a good song. Wrong way. I don't think I've I know heard it, but I don't recollect um, recollect it right now. It's a yeah. It's um, a it's a it's a really good song, and I always. Like I remember hearing the opening lyrics and kind of being like, "This is going to be a rough song." Let's do. (laughs) But you know they had, they had songs like that. Like there was another one that was on you know this site that we kind of gathered the lyrics for today's episode. There's another Sublime song that was on there called "Date Rape." Yeah. Um, I didn't include that one in this one, um, because it's not necessarily a creepy type of song. It's more of um, it's more of like it. So the song, the story behind date rape, which I love songs like that, where it, it's like a story played out. Right. Right. So is this girl goes on a date with the guy and, you know, unfortunately he drugs her and, uh, and he rapes her, yeah. um, sadly. And, yeah. uh, but she ultimately gets revenge on him. Um, now I love stories like that. I love movies like that too, where something terrible happens and like the victim gets revenge in the end against yes. the person that did her. Um, yes like those types of movies are um are great and that's kind of what the song is like she gets her revenge on him for that um wrong way is more of like just trying to i mean it's right there in the title it's the wrong way but yeah okay yeah take it okay so um sublime's wrong (laughs) i'll take it yeah uh (laughs) sublime's wrong way uh starts with lyrics that in no way Hides the, inco- the uncomfortable story uh, about about unfold. 
frontman Bradley Noel sings, and he's 12 years old. And two more, she'll be a whore. Oh no! Um, nobody ever told her it's the wrong way. It seems listeners in in the late 90s had no problem overlooking some fairly disgusting lyrics, uh, distressing lyrics, uh, when it came to an accessible tune. Uh, even in the ska punk realm, um, but at least wrong way isn't glorifying the creepiness as it, it, it's a, a cautionary tale. So, yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not Bradley, Bradley Noel saying, you know, that he's attracted to a 14 year old girl right. by any means. It's uh. a cautionary tale. It, it is, you know, a, trying to steer her a different way. Right. Um, nobody ever told her it's the wrong way. Right. Because um, so, that's the only way she knows. It, it's a very upbeat-sounding is... song. Like, right. it starts out kind of, you know, kind of soft, and, you know, you don't really know where it's going, but, like, that typical sublime kind of upstroke with the um, upstrum or whatever yeah. you want to call it. Ska band, um, yeah, ska Kind of happy yeah. sound. Drums yeah. Kick in. yeah, that ska punk type of thing kicks in and sounds like a, a fun summertime jam, and it is not. <laughs> so... A lot okay, so a lot of people think that bands write songs based on your life, and I understand the way how they get that person pers- um thought in their heads, but that's not the case at yeah. all. Uh, these bands write songs about other other um other people to to be to get you aware, and, and you know I mean if you see this, tell somebody or something. You know I think that's what Say something right. Yeah. I think that's what he was trying to get across, you know. I mean, if you see sure. somebody like this, you know, encourage her to get out of it, you know. I, you know, the wrong I, way. Right, yeah. And I, and I think that's what he was saying, you know, so. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So that's R.I.P. Bradley Noel. There we go. Yeah. Um, oh. So this next one, um, now, listen, is this is uh, is this episode coming out before we do a Cover Wars on this song? If it is then this can be the teaser for the cover wars that we've got coming out after. Um, uh, no, no. Oh yeah. Yes. It's coming out before. Cause that's coming out next week. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. So this episode, this cover up. wars episode we have coming up is going to be on this song. Um, so, uh, so you can learn all about the, uh, background of the song here and we'll go into a little bit more of that in the cover wars. There but, you go. Um, yeah. So yeah, third eye blinds, semi-charmed life. Uh, Third Eye Blind made it abundantly clear in the lyrics of Semi-Charmed Life that the song is about doing meth (laughs) in the weird situations and unwanted circumstances that can result. But it is so insanely catchy that listeners either missed it or just didn't care when it became a hit in 1997. Perhaps it's that memorable do-do-do-do-do-do-do uh, that little hook that colors people's perceptions. Uh, Band leader and song's uh, writer, Stephen Jenkins, once told Kerrang, in terms of the dark lyrics and the catchy tune, I was just messing with whatever the paradigm was. I've always had a mischievous nature in that way, and I'm not a formulaic writer. I don't have some cookie-cutter method. Yeah, the whole song's about doing meth, uh, and that's not the only song that's kind of like that. Um, and we'll get to another one coming up that's uh, that's also about doing meth, but uh, that sounds like it's a lot happier than it probably should be, but yeah, man, that 1997, I don't know exactly, I have it in my other notes when the song came out, but it's a, it's always been a good summer song. So, and it's, it's that opening 
it sounds so happy. Do 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 doing meth. Let's do some meth now. See, that's another song we can write. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's all about like doing drugs and um all of the uh crap that comes with it so ugh. could be a cautionary tale to, if you if you want to look at it that way but yeah. Yeah. but we'll get into more of that on our next cover wars episode there you go yes because we are doing a cover wars on that song on that very song so it's that's kind very of song. it's kind of it's kind of good that uh that this was on it so uh yeah. so attila is attila still your most hated band well i Back up, back up. Most disliked, because I feel like hate is a very strong word. I like it's the word. word. I, I I love the word dislikes. I don't like the word hatred. I will. I will say this. When I, there are some songs that Attila has that I think are pretty catchy. Right. But then when I look into the lyrics, um, I'm like this guy is a douchebag and he really is the singer Franz from Attila. He is a huge loser, I think in my opinion. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, I, I don't think I hate that. Now there's some songs that I absolutely think are hilarious. Like pizza yeah. by Attila is, is very funny and it's a good song and they're a good heavy band. Their, their whole, their whole band is very talented. But sometimes Franz can just be a little too much. And I'm like, dude, you got to get over yourself. So I am 100% by your corner when you say that. But my band that I totally dislike is Avenged Sevenfold. Ooh, really? I feel the exact way you do. I do. I I feel exactly the way you do about Attila that I do Avenged Sevenfold. I just think that. Them Shadows. You're not a fan of Them Shadows. No, I I just think he's a complete, you know. I can see that. He's kind of a tool. Yeah, he's kind of a douchebag too at times, you know. Yeah. Uh, But they have better songs, in my opinion. Yeah, I I will give you that. I will will definitely give you that. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, the Rev. Yeah, 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 I love the Rev. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, Avenged a little piece of heaven. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. So, you're not an Avenged Sevenfold fan. So, are you familiar with this song? I'm not. So why, why don't you think this? Because I'm not. A, yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. yeah let's do that. Okay. We'll switch off for this one. I'll take okay. this one because I I was a big Avenged Sevenfold fan. Okay. Um, and there's a, uh, I think it's in the notes, but there's a there's a music video that goes along with this that's like all animated music video, but uh. Anyway, so yeah, Avenged Sevenfold, A Little Piece of Heaven. Don't be fooled by the title. Avenged Sevenfold's A Little Piece of Heaven quickly deteriorates from what, excuse me, from what looks like a regular love song into a brutal murder with lyrics such as must have stabbed her 50 effing times Uh, and also throws in some necrophilia. Uh, So that's not fun. Nevertheless, the heinous narrator soon gets what he deserves when his victim gives him a taste of his own medicine. And by the time this gory story ends, this lovely couple is reunited in some kind of afterlife as husband and wife. Um, yeah. So the song is really weird. It's a seven minute song about um, this couple that, uh, you know, the guy ends up killing, killing her um, and then has relations with her body. Uh, and, uh, 
And then she comes back from the grave and kills him, and then they're both zombies, and they live happily ever after. Oh, that's a fun story. <laughs> and there's a, and there's an animated music video like, to go along with you. I'll have to do the music video. <laughs> yeah, yeah, do, okay. do okay. that. Do right. that. All right, James, James, got an idea. Got uh, an idea for a YouTube episode. Okay, you'll have to do a reaction to the music video. Okay, done. But trigger warning, if some people are probably not going to like that song or that music video, no. but James is going to do a reaction video to A Little Piece of Heaven by Avenged Sevenfold. I will. I will. I will. I'll yeah. take my pride and throw it out the window and do an Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> video. There you have it. Okay. Boom. Uh, and the Rev sings on that song. Yeah, the Rev was still alive when that song came out. So he not only plays drums on it, but he also sings on, on that song. So Cool. Yep. So you and I have shared love for this band. This next one, it's Nirvana. Nirvana, like simply like one of the best punk slash rock bands of all time. Okay. Right. So I thought this this next song was about a bird. Everybody thought it was not about, about a bird. Probably wants a cracker, not about a bird. Apparently, so uh, the gentle acoustic swing of Polly. Uh, contrasted brightly against uh, the electrified assault of Nirvana's Nevermind. Right, it was on their first record, and I think it was, yeah. no, no, third record. Nirvana was the third third record. I think this is a slowed down version of Insisticide's version because then Polly come out on uh, on their second one called um, called Insisticide. There was a song called New Wave Polly. There you go. Um, a lot faster. Right. Um, this and is, it was on uh, Insisticide. Yes, this is a more, um, much slower. Right. Yeah. So this one, this version is a slow he down. It. Yeah. This is this one's like just an acoustic guitar and like Dave Grohl like hits hits a a cymbal like maybe two or three times in the song. Four, four times. times he hits it four times. Four times. <laughs> the, the only, <laughs> That's all he does. The only reason why I know that <laughs> is because uh, it was on Rock Band and it's four times four cymbals. <laughs> Uh, no way. Yeah, that's that, that's how I know. Another useless knowledge, I'm right? Sorry to, I am really sorry to anybody who probably got a poor score on uh, Rock Band if you had to play the drums uh, uh, for Polly. Okay. Yeah. So it was sorry. on. Okay. So it was on album. Never mind. Okay. So leading many okay. to uh, assume this was a sweet innocent love song. About a bird. I thought it was, but it's not. But of course, just a quick glance at Chris, Kurt Cobain. Chris Cobain. I, I can't believe I said that. But, um, uh, Chris Cobain. <laughs> Chris Cobain. Uh, Kurt Cobain's lyrics were, were enough to reveal the song's dark interpretation. Uh, specifically, in an article, uh, the singer read about a 14 year old girl's lucky escape. From an abductor, but not before being tortured and sexually assaulted. Oh, yeah, thank God of, she got out of that. Yeah, she got yeah. out of that alive. But yeah, yeah, what a horrible thing to go through. Yeah. Um, and I had no idea. You know. Yeah, it's it is a creepy song, and I, I noticed that before when I kind of listened to the lyrics. And um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I was I was um, I remember being in a band. I think I've mentioned this before. Um, I think he even listens to the show. Corey Jones, uh, my, my buddy Corey, if you're listening, I appreciate it. Um, but I remember being in a band with Corey where, uh, you know, he was a huge Nirvana fan. And we oh, yeah. learned a lot of Nirvana songs. And um, uh, 
poly was one of those that we like kind of like learned and like new wave poly was one that we, we wanted to play and kind of looked into it. And, um, you know, I was always fascinated with the way that Dave Grohl sang the harmonies, um, especially being the drummer. And so like you're diving, you're diving into the song and I was trying to learn, learn the harmonies and we're looking at the lyrics and it's just like, ugh, this is, this is strange, but yeah, it's a, it's about a story of a girl who, um, got away and thanks, thankfully but what a yeah. horrible thing to go through yeah i know right yeah, yeah. so you're probably gonna mess uh, up my mind right now with this next next band because it's probably hey, i'm like, gonna let you how about how about you take this next one oh okay 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 oh wait okay if you don't and you want me to do it and no, you no, just no. want to cover your ears <laughs> i'll say my head fit off. i just figured because this was deftones i know you love the deftones love them because um, this yeah. is off of the, like like one of the greatest I've ever made, White Pony. Yep. So, Absolutely. I'll take it. Yep. I'll I'll I'll, right. I'll I'll shut down my pride again and, and do this. You got it. You got <laughs> it, right. buddy. You so, can do it. So Death Tones. Everybody knows the Death Tones. Everybody loves the Death Tones, except some people like Incubus better. But that's okay because Incubus was awesome too. Uh, so sure. this album was off of what I said before. It's the White Pony album. Uh, it's yep. called Change. And uh, just because it's the Deftones' most successfully single doesn't mean that Change in the House of Flies, it's called, is easily understood. Yep. Uh, and the band is certainly hasn't gone public about its true meaning, if, they, if there is one. Instead, this profoundly disturbing classic boasts minimalist um, associations and a few uh, pro- provocative words such as a cross, a gun, um, mm. to produce a sense of disorientation and dread over their textured music musical bed. Uh, it's mm. is the narrator subject of a literal fly, a serial killer victim, or something even worse. Knowing for sure. Mm can't be half as entertaining as imagining it. Yeah. Music is always leaving you open to interpretation, right? So we can take, you can listen to a song and take it one way. I can listen to it and I can take it another way. And I think that's what's good about this song. So it's not, it's not bad in the sense of like, now you can't listen to it the same way. It's more like challenging you to what is your interpretation of of this song is okay. it is it about an actual fly is it about a serial killer victim right. you know who knows so i what do you oh, think okay so. okay so i okay so i will say this um help me I, I, um childish is a childish um what's his name Don't childish gambino yeah oh yeah okay childish gambino was what was once ask um what was the song it's, it's like popular song which one is it I, I, it's about uh, oh, oh this is America. This is America. Okay, yeah. So during the yeah. Star Wars interview, he was asked what that, what that song was about, and he's like, "No, I'm not going to tell you that. I, I I refuse to tell you that because I want you to think about what what it is about. You know what you think it is, and I believe that this sure. band is doing the same thing. You know, because uh, because yeah. they because bands really want you to think about their song and, and what it means. Uh, and just like and just like Bruce, they say they could be about a fly, a literal fly, or it could be about a serial killer victim. 
We don't know. Yeah. And we'll probably never know because uh, I think that uh, um, some, well, some bands don't want to, wants to make you think of for yourself. And I think these are, this yeah. is one of the bands. So it wasn't that, so it wasn't really that bad, you know? Right, right. Uh, yeah, that one wasn't bad. No, no. Um, but this next one, uh, now this next one was kind of more, more obvious with the music video <laughs> that went along with it. I think people, it wasn't like, people let this one kind of slip through you kind of knew from the music you maybe didn't pay attention if you just heard the song on the radio but once you saw the music video you knew exactly what was going on but pearl jams uh jeremy uh wonderful song um so years before bullying became a hotly contested national debate pearl jam addressed its worst case in-game scenario in their radio and mtv hit jeremy Based on a true story about a student who shot himself in front of his class, Eddie Vedder's lyrics painted an emotional theory on the issues that might have contributed to the young man's radical form of expression, uh, which the singer poetically voiced as Jeremy spoke in class today. Uh, To this day, um, Eddie Vedder's understatement uh, diffuses the song with innately disturbing feeling um, for such a beautiful song. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Once you get in there and you really start reading the lyrics, it's... um, yeah, it's a really sad, really sad story about this kid. Yeah. Um, and based on a true story, unfortunately. So. Right. Yeah, I think that he said, because I remember reading a, a road that says he he read it in a, like a newspaper the next morning and wrote the yep. song based on that. Um, yep, he was tragedy. reading in the newspaper, decided yeah. to write it right as yeah. soon as he, yeah, got inspired. So. Yeah, right. Good well, song, though. Very good song. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Slayer! I, dude, I was hoping you would get this one. I didn't know how it was going to line up, but I knew. We and, did it. You know, we did fate it. had its way, and you you would get this. This is this is my favorite. This is my favorite Slayer song. Really? Yep, yep. Oh, okay. Well, Slayer yep. is like... Okay, so Slayer is like... I think they, they are the second best... Thrash metal band compared to Metallica. Metallica's always going to be first, I think. Right. I don't know. Yeah. You know. Uh, no, I'm with you. Unpopular opinion, I know, to some people. But that's the way it is. That's that's what I think. But, um, they're, uh, they're, did, oh, did you hear that Kerry King wasn't to come back? Because they officially retired, like, two years ago, last year, probably? Yeah, um, so they, um, he wants to, uh, bring him w- back? He wants to come back because he's bored. <laughs> I'm like, imagine, I'd imagine so. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, 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 Kerry Kingsley is thinking about making his own version of Slayer, probably, you know. Oh, okay. That'd be cool. Kind of like KK down into his Jesus Priest. He called it KK's Priest. You know, say the Jesus Priest. Okay, ah, yeah. so. That's another sure. useless okay. knowledge, yeah. So. Slayer! Dead skin mask. I didn't know that this was your favorite song, man. I had no My idea. Favorite Slayer song. Yep. Okay. So by that time, yep. by the release of their fifth album, uh, LP album, Seasons in the Abyss, another great record. Um, yep. Many, many, many thrash metal band, thrash metal fans had started taking their heroes' uh, penchant from controversial lyrics, controversial lyrics. Uh, for granted, uh, perhaps encouraging the band to take it up a notch with the uh, thoroughly haunting Dead Skin Mask. 
In a nutshell, the song was written as a first-person account uh, by uh, convicted serial killers, Ed Gain, who would have thought mm-hmm. another serial killer, right? Um, yeah. I think this is the first one we talked about. So, yeah, so yeah. Ed Gain was a, was a, was a, was a mass, mass serial killer. I think that's yeah. where... Um, um, uh, that's where Texas Chainsaw Massacre got their inspiration. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. But its true fascination arises from an un- unevenly sub- uh, sub- I can't pronounce that word. Unnerving. No, the other word after that. Oh, uh, suddenly. So yeah, unnerving. Something about Tom O'Reilly's lyrics, as he attempts to sneak inside the deranged murderer's warped in mind and understand his sickening motivations. So he's a true crime buff. Yeah, right. Essentially, right. before it was a before it was popular to be a true crime. Fan. So, so I okay. So I don't know if 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 you know this, but um. They have a song called uh, Jihad, and it's about, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, Tom was going to write it, but, but Jeff did, and Jeff said, why don't I write the song in the in the eyes through a, an actual Jihad? And that makes mm. the song more eerie, because it's, sure. it's, it's through the eyes of, her, of him, which I guess this is the same idea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Getting into... Um... You're, you're getting into storytelling with that, you know. Right, you, right. You gotta get inspired, and that yeah. was where they took that inspiration. Right. Um, so, but uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So, so, what's your fascination with the song "Dead Skin Mask"? Why do you like it so much? It's just, it's just. Well, I I knew about the Ed Gein uh, influence, right, um, right. Prior to doing this episode, so I think that's one thing that attracted me to that. Okay. Um, because I'm a true crime fan um i like to watch documentaries about that type of stuff um i think it's interesting to try to like find out what was their motivation what why did they think that it was okay to do this what was wrong with them um and uh it's just a fascinating thing to learn about but um i think just how eerie the song is just and then it just it starts it's you know it starts out eerie and then it just kicks in real heavy it's just yeah, this is this is my. Everyone everyone talks about Rain and Blood, and I do think Rain and Blood is good. It's just I, if you tell me that their most popular song is Blah, then I'm gonna say nope. I'm gonna dig into something else because I don't want to yeah. be like everybody else. And, right? And, yeah. You know. I mean, because you know, so I, in my research that was. Yeah, this is this is my favorite Slayer song. Angel of Death is always really is also really good, um, because it was on one of the Tony Hawk Pro Skater games, and it right. was just fun yeah. to skate around to. Yeah. So my 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 two favorite songs is it's uh, it's Bloodline and Disciple. I have no yeah. I, 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 Angel of Death is a good song, but it's not you know I'm I'm with you. I'm, I'm, that was I'm early gonna, days. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was a, that old school Slayer. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, so that's a, yeah, that's a really yeah. good song. So check it out too. Um, well, this one. So we talked about meth. Uh, we're going to talk about drugs again, <laughs> and this is another song that you probably didn't pay attention to. Um, was 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 ever about something other than just a normal kind of rock ballad, right? So, excuse me, Red Hot Chili Peppers, "Under the Bridge." 
Uh, here's another sweet ballad that hides a terrible secret behind its mesmerizing melodies and Anthony Kiedis' understated, uh, innocent performance. Under the Bridge is a touching admission of Kiedis' deadly dance with heroin addiction, um, an addiction that he eventually conquered, but not before watching it claim the life of Red Hot Chili Peppers guitarist um, Hillel Slovak uh, in 1988. Three years later, Kiedis transformed his pain into a beautiful smash hit, but to his credit, openly discussed its origins and probably helped many a listener cope with similar issues. That's great. That is a great way to take something as awful as drug, uh, um, heroin that, you know, ruined his life and completely consumed him um, and took the life of a bandmate and made something really beautiful out of that horrible scenario. And it's one of their biggest songs. Right. Yeah. And is. probably helped a lot of other people. Yeah. I mean, yeah, cer- certain songs can, can get you through the darkest times, you know, and I feel like sure. that was some that was a song for many, many humans on this earth to really yeah. grasp that, you know, so yeah, good for them, you know, to bring them to light. Sure. Everclear. Um, Man, I love Everclear, dude. And not the uh, alcoholic beverage. I'm sure you like that, too. <laughs> no, no, but, uh, Everclear came to uh, Columbia um, last month, but I, I yeah. just can't go. They had the money. Yeah. But My brother-in-law, DJ, Allie's brother, went to go see them. It, okay. Very jealous. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Thanks, DJ, for not inviting him right. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks, DJ. <laughs> Gosh. Next time, you know. So, uh, Santa Monica. Catchy song. Yeah, it is. Very, very catchy song. So the deceivingly sunny Santa Monica uh, turned alternative rockers Everclear into household names in the summer of 95. I like the year 95. I'm 15 years old. It's a good year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but closer inspection to the hit song lyrics uh, revealed far darker connotations. Mm. That's because band leader Art Alexis Alec what? Alexakis, Alex Al- Alexakis, Alexakis, Art. Sure. Yeah. Um. We're sorry, Art. Uh, <laughs> old, uh, old buddy Art. Oh, old buddy Art. Um. Yeah. He, okay. So he allegedly drew inspiration for the song from his teenager girlfriend's suicide, mm. as well as his own. What? Okay. Yeah. Um. Oh, as well as its own <laughs> less yeah. successful attempt. I should read it all before I judge, right? Um. <laughs> when he when he jumps off of Santa Santa Monica Bridge or Santa Monica Santa Monica Pier, talk yeah. games. Um. He revisits the song lyrics with with that altered perspective, and you'll see why it deserves a spot here, which is true. That is. That is something, that's a song that I had no idea that that was about. It actually did slip through the cracks for sure. I yeah. did not catch that. And honestly, when I put that in the notes, I haven't gone back to listen to that to see well, how it, it does pay attention. It does make sense so. because he says, I am still dreaming of every ghost. I'm only dreaming of the I'm West still Coast. Dreaming of the ghost. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's the only part that I, that stood out to me whenever it said that it was about yeah. his um, deceased. Uh, girlfriend, yeah. um, I'm still dreaming of your ghost, but the song sounds so happy. I just never paid attention to it. Yeah, I figured and it was about a breakup. And it's such a um, fun video too, because they're out in the sunny, you know, sunny days and the beach and everything. Right. Like, you know, so it's like, yeah. so you're like, 
this song is like, you gotta be a happy song. Nope. Yep. And so, it's not. Yeah. And this next one is definitely one that's, uh, that slipped oh, through. Actually, no, I, I wouldn't say this really slipped through for me. I knew something was up with this song. Um, mainly from the the bridge where he says well, we'll get into it but uh yeah. toadies uh possum kingdom another good song great 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 toadies. song very memorable guitar riff um but surely one of the most disturbing songs ever to invade the top 40 the toadies possum kingdom combined elements of texan folklore with religious cults to evoke a number of potential scenarios none of them having a happy un- uh, ending uh what's more the song's unusual time signature um, which alternates between 4-4, four, 8-4, four, four, and 7-4 time signatures, actually lends another layer of unbalanced discomfort to the proceedings, culminating in a hysterical in a hysterical question of, do you want to die, um, that, can even, that can send even the bravest soul running for shelter in the woods. Um, yeah, this is, this is definitely one. Um, that time signature thing, we talked about that in our this is Halloween um, cover wars. Yeah. So the same idea, it's a Halloween song. So to make it uneasy, the time signature changes and it's never, it, it, it doesn't flow very well. So you hear it and you hear that beginning of the song and you're kind of jamming along to it. And then they start to change it up a little bit and you're like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Oh, oh okay. Yeah. And then we're here. Um, and then just that, that whole do you want to die part that he keeps saying over and over and over again. Um, and then to say, so help me Jesus. So that's where the, yeah, that's where the cult thing really gets into it and makes it even more eerie. So, right. yeah. Cause I, cause I was, cause I was trying to think of, think of the lyrics and, um, mm-hmm. okay. So it says behind the boat house, I'll show you my dark secret. I'm not going to lie. Uh-huh. I want you for mine. My blushing bride. My lover might, oh yeah, be my lover. Don't be afraid. I didn't mean to scare you. So help me, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that is a near song, isn't it? Holy crap. <laughs> it's weird, man. Yeah. It's a great song, but it yeah, is, well, yeah. it's, it's yeah. strange. And the music video is, makes it even weirder. Like really? we, so Allie loves that song. I love this song. Um, the little project that we're doing with a friend of ours, um, it's just kind of like an acoustic cover of a lot of 90s songs. Uh, this song was on the, our list of things that we wanted to do. Right. And uh, me and Allie, I came across an article talking about this one time and I, you know, talked to Allie about it and she was like, I don't know if I can listen to that song the same now. Like it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. So this is one of those scenarios where it's, it's something that she can't listen to quite the same anymore, but yeah. yeah. So the next song is, I think it's on everybody's, um, Heart and soul when I say it about Alice in Chains Rooster. Uh, it's a classic song. I love it. I heard it in many, many, many bars when I used to frequent the pool halls, you know, back in the day. Um, so, sure. almost mm-hmm. by definition, Alice in Chains' entire discography was pretty darn disturbing, which is true. Um, true. Yeah. As, as their lyrics often dealt in drug abuse, depression, and loss of hope. While backed by a deliberate tempos that helped convey uh, the sense that their narrator was barely hanging on. Yeah. Sadly, that's true. You know. Yep. Um, but perhaps their most unnerving unner- un- 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 song was um, J- Jerry Cantrell's "Rooster." 
because it's about his father's traumatic experience in Vietnam. Uh, this made it both palpably real and and uh, couched in deceptively hopeful acoustic guitars, which is true because okay, so um, I don't know if you know this, but my dad was in Vietnam, and still to this day he can't talk about anything there, yeah. and I get it, yeah. and I get it. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the stuff he had to do, I I I I imagine he didn't want to do, you know. Sure. But he had to do it, you know, because it was yeah. either him or him or them, you know. So, right. um, yeah. But uh, uh, the the tone of the song is very eerie on its own. Oh yeah, you know, I'm Even not before sure. You get yeah, the, I mean, yeah. I mean, just just that first note, dome, you know, it just you know, you know, give some shivers, you know. So yeah. yeah, that's a very eerie song too. So, heebie-jeebies. Yeah, it's a great one. Yeah. yeah. And and what a what a song for um, not only Jerry Cantrell to show off his guitar abilities, um, but also his ability to harmonize. Because Jerry Cantrell had this really haunting harmony that he would always put behind um, Lane Staley's vocals, and just gave it just this sense of <coughs> it 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 matched perfectly. But it was the way that he sang behind. Lane Staley just made it so creepy and eerie, but I loved it. Um, and Rooster was is a perfect example of that. Um, and then Lane Staley's ability to take it from such a he's like real soulful and he's low with it, and then for him to um, when the when the chorus kicks in, oh yeah, and he's just all out. It's just great, man. And that's kind of it's kind of like war, right? So you have your moments where it's all. It's kind of like mellowed out for a little bit, but it's still, you're still uneasy, right? And then it goes and then right up. Yeah. At any time, it could just escalate. And then before you know it, it's all out chaos. Right. And that's kind of what Rooster uh, kind of d- pulls off so well, I believe. Exactly. So. Exactly. So. Yeah. But that's it. That's, that's it. it. That's, that's, uh, that's some songs that give us the heebie jeebies now that we know the lyrics to them and what they actually mean um but if there's more that give you guys the creeps hit us up man yeah. send us some we'll we'll touch on this one again because sure. this is not it and these are mostly rock these are all rock songs right so i'm sure if we wanted to get into some other genres um for sure we can do that yeah we can we can um but if you are okay so i know this, this we talked about a lot of a lot of uh, stalkers and suicide stuff um, so, yeah. Uh, but try not to let that deter you because we have a mental health minute that can bring you back from being you depressed. Betcha. So that's right. Yeah. So today's mental health minute: uh, break up the monotony. Okay. Although our routines make us more efficient and enhance our feelings of security and safety, a little change of pace can perk up a tedious schedule. Um, alter your jogging route. Uh, plan a road trip, take a walk in a different park, um, hang some new pictures, um, or try a new restaurant. Um, but yeah, there's, there's a lot of ways that you can, if you've got a normal, I love a routine, yeah, right? right. I, I think I, I work well with routines, but every now and then it's nice to do something a little different. You yeah. know, you, we, Allie, Allie and I both enjoy our routines that we have, but every now and then we'll change it up. Um, and sometimes it works out pretty well where we're like, okay, well that was cool. A little different. 
sometimes it ends up being a disaster and we're like nope should have stuck with, nah. with what the plan was shouldn't have done that but right. yeah man i mean it, little th- little thing start with something little not something that's going to ruin your day um but uh changing up um uh, because i think when you get into when you get into such a routine and such a you can almost set your watch by how things do you know plan out in the day but just to change it up a little bit can also like change your perception of things and like maybe how you handle certain situations or yes. how you do this or that and uh yeah i think that's pretty useful yeah all good stuff all good stuff yeah um yeah. but uh so yeah thanks for listening to the show today be sure to share this with your friends and your family and your uh your um thanksgiving is either did we say it was coming out this is after thanksgiving or before thanksgiving after i can't remember after this is after thanksgiving okay so you don't have time to share this episode but maybe you've shared some other episodes of ours with your friends and family at thanksgiving dinner <laughs> right. um but uh if if you if you have missed that boat then you can share this with someone else that you know um change it up change it up share it with somebody that you wouldn't normally share it with uh we're available on multiple podcast apps and uh please be sure to leave a rating and review um, wherever you can it really helps us out if, and especially if you want to see the podcast grow um and uh also if you leave us a review we'll read it right here on the show so i uh, really enjoy doing that um and we're looking for some new ones there so you hit go. us up yeah yep. yeah you don't have to say much you just say james is cool and we'll say that blake is awesome i hadn't got one of those all i got is james is cool i like what james is doing blake well, sucks well not not, not so fast because because we got to promote your podcast in a minute we'll so, get there yeah, oh yeah we'll get there so, but the best way to contact and, and stay up to date with us is by following one of our many social media accounts, including um, Instagram and Wordsworth Film Podcast, Facebook, WWFMS Podcast, Twitter, at MS. You know, or always email us to tell us your thoughts, your, you know, your requests at Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can view our show on YouTube at youtube.com slash when words fail music speaks. Um, you can go to our TikTok account when words fail music speaks and go to our website at the same thing when words fail music speaks.com. I will also link a description below a description for our merchandise store where you can buy shirts, uh, baby clothes, uh, laptop bags, uh, masks for the COVID stuff yeah um so you can help prevent covid with our mask on your face so there you go, there you go. so everything will be a great service everything will be listed below so just click on one of the click click the links and yeah just come come chat with us do it um you can follow me on instagram and twitter it's at blake underscore mosley m-o-s-e-l-e-y uh, youtube.com um, for all of my uh, <laughs> drum playthroughs that I'm doing. I'm on, uh, so it's youtube.com slash Mosley with three Y's. So that's M-O-S-E-L-E-Y-Y-Y. Um, I'm on TikTok at Blake Brosley. Um, and also I've got a, a new podcast out now that I'm doing um, called South Carolina Spook Show. It is now available on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on uh, Breaker, Radio Public, and as of today, it is now on Apple Podcasts. So check hey. it out. Leave me a rating hey. review if you, if you don't mind. I did. Um, 
Yes. Oh, I, okay. Okay, great. I didn't know that. I'll have to go. I'll have to go read your review. It might come. I appreciate that. It might show up tomorrow and the next day. The Apple is very slow about okay. you know getting reviews like okay. that. Yep. I'll have I, to check that. I'll let you a five star review. Five star. Thank you. So you're Thank the, you, sir. I've got one episode out right now, and I'm probably going to work on putting up another one sometime next month. There you go. But uh, but yeah. So um, and if you got any ideas, so it's all it's all South Carolina based ghost stories, paranormal, true crime, cryptid stuff like that. So. Uh, if you're into that kind of thing, and if you've got your own stories of any ghost stories or anything like that, or if you saw the lizard man, I want to know about it. So hit me up, send me an email, scspookshow at gmail.com. Sources from this episode come from loudwire.com. Excuse me. Um, and uh, by the way, we do not own any of the music used in this episode, and no copyright infringement is intended. Yes. So, yeah. until next time, y'all, thank you for listening so much. And always re- remember this when words fail, music speaks. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>